Okay, we are on Lamed Vav, um, Amr Aleph. We are almost just a little bit above halfway down the, down the page. Uh, first word in line is La'avir Ha'olam, and on the words Amr Rebelazar. We started this piece last time, but I think we didn't get to totally finish it, so we'll just make sure we're, we have it clear uh, before we move on. So the, the Gemara, if you remember, is trying to bring proofs for the Shita of Rish Lakish, who holds that... Um, Chalitas Muberis is not called a Chalitza, and the Bias Muberis is not called a Bia. So the, um, the Gemara is trying to bring proofs. The Gemara brought, brought one proof just before from, the, uh, from, the, from uh, a previous case, and trying to be a proof from Shlokish, and the Gemara, Rebbe Lazar responded as follows. Am Rebbe Lazar, Efshar Issa Lahadir Shlokish Vlotanal Abimasnisin. Basically, Rebbe Lazar is assuming that we paskin, um, assumes that we paskin like Rish Lakish. Um, and he says, how could it be that we pass on like Rish Lakish if we don't have a Mishnah that says this, uh, says his approach, right? We, gotta have a, we have to at least have a Mishnah that supports Rish Lakish if we're going to argue that we pass and like him in the end. So, uh, so, so he went ahead and he took a look. This time and found the following Mishnah. Uh, and this is where we kind of where we, we ended up last time. Right? A woman who goes, a woman whose husband and co-wife both go on a trip. They go outside of the, 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 the country. And they tell her that your husband, they tell her afterwards, sorry to tell your husband passed away. Not, not that, the, that, the, that the tzara passed away necessarily, but the husband, actually presumably not, but the husband passed away. Okay? She can't get married and she can't do yibum until she knows that her, that her co-wife herself wasn't, wasn't pregnant, right? Because right? if, preg- if the co-wife's pregnant, obviously, then there's no yibum to, to, to take place here. Um, but she also can't get married because she has to wait to make sure she, that, that there's not a, a, you know, a chalitza that needs to take place. Fine, presumably. So, so Gemara says, fine. Bishlama yivumilo. I understand that she can't do yibum. Shema yehevlad ben kayama v'yivka b'isra'eshes ach de'araisa. I understand she can't do yibum because if it turns out that this co-wife is pregnant and she has a baby, and she's gonna, and she has a, a baby, what happens? It turns out the yibum was not yibum; it was the opposite. It was the isra ishesach, right? Because she ends up marrying her brother-in-law the isra. That I get. Okay, but why can't she do a chalitza? Right. So the gemara says bishlama tachlotz b'sochtes v'tinase b'sochtes. I understand she can't do chalitza during the nine months and get married during the nine months, right? Um, that, I, that I get, right? Uh, sorry, Bishlam Techos Besoch Tes, Vitinasi Besoch Tes, low, right? High new suffix, because that's going to be, again, we're still going to be misupak that whole time, whether or not uh, you can't allow Khalitza to take place when, when it's possible, again, still, that the baby will be, will be, uh, will be fine, and it turns out she didn't need it, etc. Fine. Elatachos um, Besoch, sorry, because she'll, Tinasi means and marry somebody else, right? If the if she does a chalitza within nine within the nine months and then goes and gets married to somebody else within the nine months, she can't do that. Why? Because maybe it turns out that the you know that uh, that she needed the chalitza from that guy and was and, and and it turns out that she really she she's not free to go yet. So tisha but but why not allow her? Right? You can't allow her to get married within the nine months. That's fair. Right? Because um, you don't know the status. 
but to allow her to do chalitza within the nine months and then get married after the nine months are over, that should be fine, right? And the fact that the mission doesn't allow that, what does that imply? It implies that the chalitza that takes place, besoch tisha, is no good, right? That, 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 that the, the, the reason why we don't allow chalitza within nine and then the, the, the actual getting married to somebody else, right? she wants to marry somebody random. Um, after nine months, why are we not allowing that? Why is this mission not allowing that? If I held that chalitza's muber, again, and this is the one point I think we made it yesterday, but it's important to make clear. We, the whole point is that Rish Lakish is saying chalitza's muberes lo shema chalitza, right? That the chalitza done to a pregnant woman is not called chalitza. Who's pregnant here? It's not this woman. It's her, it's her, um, it's the tzara who's pregnant or possibly pregnant, right? So it's chalitza of Leah while Rachel is muberes. Right, so it's not exactly the same case. But nevertheless, the, the assumption that we shown them have here is that, that it, it's the same thing. It's a chalitza that takes place during a suffix status. Right? If it's the suffix status of the tzavah herself because she's pregnant, or the suffix status of Leah because she's waiting to find out about her co-wife. Either way, it's, it's, it's not a, there's no problem with a per, an individual being pregnant when a chalitza takes place. The problem is the cloud of suffix that surrounds them during that time. So you can't have a chalitza take place while there is a cloud of suffix taking place. So the point though is, if, uh, if you're not allowing her to get married after the nine months because the chalitza took place within the nine months, what does that mean? Seems to imply chalitza's muberis lo shema chalitza. Right? The chalitza of, of, dur- during a pregnancy is not called chalitza. Seems to be, again, a proof for the shita of Rizhlakish. So good. So now we said we saw a proof. It seems to be a proof that... Um, she could get married, that, uh, that we hold like Rish Lakish, that Chalitza's Muberis Lo Shema Chalitza. Good, so it seems to be great, approved for Rish Lakish. Not so fast. So it says the Mar, that's really true, that we hold like Rish Lakish, that Chalitza's Muberis is not called Chalitza, and that's what this mission seems to teach me. Right, if that was true, why doesn't the Mishnah say, Tachlots Vitinase? That's not what it says. Right, look at Rashi for a second. Look at Rashi in the medium width lines, the fourth line in the medium lines. Fifth word from the end line is Vilitamech. You see Rashi there, Rashi is Vilitamech. Meaning, if this whole concern is just that maybe. Uh, the co-wife is pregnant, so let everyone just wait till nine months are over, and then do the chalitza and the and the marriage, and everything should be fine. But if that's true, umaytaimakatani achateda. Look at the Mishnah. What did the Mishnah say? It said that this woman's husband and and and, and co-wife went off to Medina Sayam. What does she have to wait for? She has to wait to find out that maybe that her tzara was pregnant. What do you have to wait? She has to find out anything. Don't wait to find out. Just, do, just wait for nine months. And once the nine months are over, she can go ahead and do the, the chalitza and get married. There's, there's no shayla at that point, right? Either, either her co-wife had a baby, in which case she's totally off the hook, or she, didn't, or she didn't have a baby and she needs a chalitza. Fine. But in either way, after nine months, she's free to do whatever she wants. That's not what the mission says. Right? If, if, if this is so the, the response of Allah is, if that's, all, if that's what this mission is really referring to, it should not have said, wait until you know. That she didn't, that the, the tsara didn't have a baby. It should say, wait until nine months and then do the chalitza, the, the chalitza, then let her get married. Um, so why didn't it say that? So, uh, so, so, answer the Gemara, you're right. Good point. 
So rather, this mission, this mission has had nothing to do with our conversation. So forget it. This, this conversation has nothing to do. Uh, Rashi says, This mission, you're right, can't tell me anything about Rish Lakish. Rather, it's rather, It's changed to, Abba's changed to oven. It's, it's a, it, this mission is meant for a different point. The point that Abayi Bar Oven and Mevchidna Bar Oven made, which is, is the Amritev, they both said, Shem Yehel Vlad Ben Kayama Vinimza Ata Matsricha Karuz Lekahuna. Now, the reason why they say you have to wait until to find out that the, that the, the co-wife wasn't pregnant is because it, uh, what could happen? And again, that might mean, and Rashi points out earlier, Vafil Lasof Kamashanim, it could be many years. To find out this information, that she has to wait to get to, to do a chalitza. Why? Because it, what might happen? It might turn out that the 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 co-wife Taka was pregnant and she had a healthy baby. In which case, what happened to this woman? Right. So this woman Leah now, who was waiting for her husband, you know, her husband and her and her and her co-wife to come back, and the husband never comes back, and the co-wife we don't know what's the story with her. Is she pregnant? She's not pregnant, etc. And then it turns out she'll say, she'll say fine after nine months. I'll do a chalitza and I'll do yibum. And then what happens? Sorry, sorry, I'll do a chalitza and I'll get married to some other guy. Fine. But what's going to happen? Now we'll find out that actually this co-wife was pregnant and she had a baby. What does that mean about the chalitza that took place? It means the chalitza was a nothing. So who cares, right? The answer is we do care. Why? Because if Leah now, let's say, ends up getting, you know, ends up, her, her second husband dies, dies too. What happens? She can marry a Kohen still. Right? Because a non-chalutza, an almana can marry a Kohen. If she's a chalutza, she can't marry a Kohen. So if it turns out she did a chalitza, and then, and then it turns out that her, her co-wife actually had a baby, she never needed a chalitza. The chalitza was a zero. That's fine, but now what happens? Nimsa tamatsricha cruz lakun. You're going to have to make a, a, a charaza. You're going to have to announce to the world that she's muteris Kohen. So the reason we make her wait is, to, is actually for her own benefit. So that in the end of the day, we don't have to let everyone know that she's actually Muteris Lakoin and we might end up not getting to everybody, etc. Because the Gabbara now says, Velitzricha, so fine, so make a statement. What do I care? Let me get married. And then you'll make a statement later. You'll, you'll, you'll uh, paste something on the walls of Meisharim saying that this person is, uh, is, is, is Muteris Lakoin. Everyone will find out. You'll put it on WhatsApp, whatever, right? So, so make, make the announcement. So who cares? It'll be fine. And says the Gabbara, no, Dilma Ika Inish, Tahavi Bechalitza, Velohavi Bechalitza. It could be there's a, there's a person who is at the chalitza and never hears the, the, the subsequent announcement. And then when she marries a Kohen, people are going to say, ah, chalutzas can marry Kohanim, which is obviously not correct. So because of that concern, that's the reason that that Mishnah says that in that scenario, she has to wait to make sure to know that the, that the co-wife didn't have a, wasn't pregnant, didn't have a baby, in order to know that her chalitza is a real chalitza and it's not going to lead to confusion that, uh, that, that, that chalutzas can marry Kohana. Fine. So that's true. That's fine. So that, that answers that Mishnah, but that gives me no, again, still no support for the Shita of Rish Lakish. We still haven't proven that Rish Lakish is uh, correct, that, uh, you know, BS, you know, that chalutzas uh, muberes is not a chalitza. Okay, so let's keep trying. So Amle Abaye. So Abaye, uh, Abaye tries next. So it says Abaye. Um, trying to actually, in this case, um, trying to actually refute Rebbe Lazar. Midi lo tachlots velo tisyavim ketani, lo tinase velo tisyavim ketani. Right, so you just, you know, kind of, you know, just making it even more clear uh, that this, that this Mishnah was not, was not, not a proof for Rish Lakish. Did, 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 did that Mishnah say, 
Lo tachlos lo tisyamim. She shouldn't do chalitza and don't do yibum. It says lo tinasev lo tisyamim. She shouldn't. She shouldn't get married and shouldn't do yibum. Right? Below chalitza. If you look at the Mishnah, that Mishnah, again, that same Mishnah that, that Rabbi Lazar was quoting before, what did it say? It's, this is like sort of the opposite argument. Right? The, the Mishnah said, right? They went away. They said that her husband passed away. She can't get married and she can't do Yibam until she finds out that for sure that the, her Tsar didn't, didn't, didn't have a baby. If you're doing a, a diak in the Mishnah, if you're being really careful, the Mishnah says she can't do chalitza. Maybe she taka can. All that is if she didn't do chalitza. But if she do chalitza, she can get married away. In which case, this might even be a proof the opposite direction. You can make a proof for every Ochanan that the, that the chalitza works if she's a new embarrassed. So this Mishnah really is not a proof at all. If you're being careful about the specific language, it's, it doesn't really prove anything. That chalitza and Yibam go hand in hand? Right. Yeah, yes, yes, you're correct. Chalitza, you do go your hand in hand. But what we said, but we also mentioned that there will be times when there's a situation of Suffolk where we'll allow a Chalitza but not allow a Yibam, right? Meaning, when we're Mesupak, we're not sure if a woman requires Chalitza or not, or, or could do Yibam or not. So what we'll say is, doing Yibam is Suffolk you can't do because if you're wrong, it ends up with the Isra Eshazach. Right? If you're wrong and she didn't need Yibam, she marries her brother-in-law at the Isra. If he does a, a chalitza and they're wrong, so to her, nothing happened. Again, it makes her a chalitza, and she'd have to worry about that issue of marrying a Cohen, which is sort of like, how much are we concerned about that? But in terms of what she's done, she hasn't done any yisurim. So it could be that it could be some would allow her to do a chalitza misafik and, get, and go, go on with her life, right? Um, because the worst case scenario, her, her co-wife didn't have a baby, and she really needs, needs even more chalitza, and she does chalitza. So the point is that, yes, Yibam and Chalitza go together in a scenario where we know for sure what the status is. Here we don't know her status. So if we're not sure if she requires anything, Chalitza is a safe bet. Yibam is not a safe bet. Um, but the point is that this Mishnah seems to imply that she could even do that within nine months. <laughs> she could do a Chalitza. So it, it, the point is, they're just kind of you know, uh, driving home the point that this Mishnah is not a good proof to prove uh, Rish Lakish's point. So let's leave, leave that alone. Good. So now the mission is going to try again, though, to prove to prove Ishlakish. Tanda kavazi the Ishlakish. I have a brisa which seems to say like Ishlakish. Hacholit lemuberes viipila tzricha chalitza minachim. Let's say a woman was pregnant. Okay, her husband passed away, and they had no children, but she is pregnant this time, and she is pregnant, and her uh, brother-in-law goes ahead and does a chalitza with her. Okay, does a chalitza with her while she's while she's actually pregnant. Vipila, and she, she uh, unfortunately has a miscarriage. So what happens? Tzvicha chalitza minachin. She needs a new chalitza. Okay? She needs a new chalitza. What does that tell me? This is beferish. Chalitza smiuberis loshma chalitza. Clearly the chalitza smiuberis is no good. Right? What does she need a new chalitza for? Um, we mentioned this, by the way. We've seen this min ha'achin before. She needs a chalitza. Does it mean she needs a chalitza from a different brother? So it's a big discussion that we've shown him. If min ha'achin really comes to exclude this guy, or no, it's not say no, it's just a, a, a language, it just means from, the, from any brother, meaning it could be him, it could be somebody else, it could be a different brother, Taka. But, it, but, it doesn't, but it's not coming to exclude this guy from doing, a, from doing the chalitza again, if he wanted to. But the bottom line is that this b'risa is very clear, that if you do a chalitza with a woman who's pregnant and then she has a miscarriage, meaning she would still require chalitza, chalitza has to happen again. Clearly that chalitza is mibaris loshma chalitza. Okay, so Amarava, so Rava now says, 
So you see that we paskin, we talk a paskin like Rish Lakish in these three cases. Why give me three cases? Because the rule in general is machlok is a certain klolehapsak in the Gemara. And there's certain rules of certain machloks in who we paskin like. The one with the most famous is machlokas bisil beshamai, halakh kibes hilal, right? So one of them is Usually, usually. However, there are three cases in which Rish Lakish wins. We actually pass a halachic Rish Lakish for Hanit Flas means to say, even though we know that all in all of Shas, Machlokish of Yochanan and Rish Lakish is like Rav Yochanan, in these three cases, we pass them like Rish Lakish. So, what are these three cases? So, we're going to say right now. So, Chada Hada Amran. One is our case. Right, that's how we paskin. We paskin in our case, the chalitzas muberes lo shema chalitza. So I would imagine, la halach lamaisa, if it's a scenario of chalitza, then they have to make sure that the woman's not, a, not, a, not pregnant before they go ahead and they do, uh, before they do a chalitza. Um, so that's how we paskin. Idach, uh, what's the second case? Another case where, uh, that we paskin like Rishlagash over Yohan. And these cases are going to have nothing to do uh, with chalitza or yivam. They're just totally different scenarios, cases, halachos and shas. We pass like Rish Lakish. Okay, what's the other case? Case number two. This nan, as it says in the Mishnah, Hamechalik Nachasev Apiv. So the, the what's the, this is a, a rule when it comes to Yerusha? What's the rule when it comes to Yerusha? The rule is as follows: When it comes to halachas of Yerusha, uh, a, a man a man has you know let's say multiple children. So their halachically, according to the halacha, the daughter gets zero from the Yerusha, nothing, and the boys split it equal, except that the Bechor gets double, right? So if you have, if you have uh, three sons, let's say, so your oldest, you split the, you split the Yerusha into four, into four parts, and you give uh, two to the, to the first son, and then one each to the other two sons. That's the halacha would be of Yerusha. Um, this conversation gets into the question of, what if I don't want that? What if I don't want that? Right? What if I want it to be split up differently? And many people, halacha I want to do that. So that's a whole conversation about halacha living will, which we can talk about at a different time. But there's plenty of ways a person writes a will, and you write a document in, in front of that will, which sets something up, which is actually similar to what we're going to talk about right now. Basically, if you, if you make a rule that the money is given out um, ahead of time, uh, before you, the moment before your death, so then the halachas of Yerusha don't, aren't activated. If the, if, the, if the money is given away before you die, so then the halachas are not activated. Uh, the halachas of Yerusha are never activated. By the time the person dies, they have zero, zero money left. Um, it's more complicated than that, but... But uh, for our purposes, that's just how it works in general. But so what's going to happen over here? So the point is here, you have a person, again, who had their halachas of Yerusha, and he doesn't want them. He doesn't want his children getting, getting the Yerusha in the way that halacha would otherwise automatically make that happen. So what happens? Hamachalik nechasov al-piv. So this person decides he wants to tell everybody what's going to happen, right? Practically, not, not, you should write it down. But he decides he's going to tell them. Uh, what he wants. Look at Rashi. One, two, three, four lines in the bottom. Al piv, achare divrei piv velo b'stam yerusha b'shtika. Right? If he says nothing, right? What's going to happen? B'shtika. If he's quiet, so it, it'll happen the normal way. The normal halachic process will take it, take its course. But he decides to say something to try to prevent the normal course of yerusha taking place. So what? So what does he do? Riba le'echad umiyet le'echad. Right? So he decides this one's going to get more. This one's going to get less. And he makes the Bechor the same as the rest of the children. Right? So the point being, again, like, he's just changing the, the status. 
um, we're changing the, the, how, it's, how the money is being given out or the, or the property or whatever it is. He's not giving it, he doesn't want it to go the same way that the halachas of Yerusha work. Devar of Kayamin, that works. Vim Amar, Mishum Yerusha, Lo Amar Klum. But if he says it, that he wants it to be Yerusha that way, then it doesn't work. Why? Because it only works if he makes it like a, like a gift. Look at Rashi. He gives all of them their, their appropriate amount while he's still alive. There's no, there's no Yerusha left. Right? The point is that he gives it all away before he dies. And by doing that, he makes sure that there is no Yerusha left. Whatever Yerusha is left, Taka would automatically go uh, be given out according to the halacha. But here he gives it away first. A person can give whatever kind of gift he wants. And the masha riba riba, masha mi'e whatever he says, that's what happens. But keep going in Rashi. Vim amr mishim yirusha, ploni yirash sadeh plonis, u ploni sadeh plonis. He says, oh, you'll yarshan this and you'll yarshan that. Then lo amr klom, shehitna amasha kasa betorah. Because you're saying the yirusha should work as follows. Wait a second. We already have halachas of how yirusha works. If it's going to happen as an inheritance that happens after you die, that's something that the Torah already has established. You can't make a tanai, uh, you can't make a condition on, on a halacha. Right? Oh, I, I, I decide that uh, the midst of tzitzis will be like this. Sorry, you can't do that. That's, the halacha has already stated a certain way. So you can't say, oh, the, the Yerusha will go as follows. The Yerusha is, is what it is. But you're giving gifts ahead of time, that's fine. Uh, his his tanai will be, will be batal, will be nothing. Because he didn't give what, what the halacha says. Okay. Uh, so, so we said the fine. If he, says, if he gives it all out, fine. But if he says, Continues in the Gemara. So if he wrote it down, and anywhere in the document, he writes, it's a matana, then that's fine. Look at Rash says, Right, tinasin, the language of tinasin, it should be given. Right, not it's going to be a Yerusha, but it's going to be given. Or be'emsa, yarsha, vitinatin lo, v'yarsha. Right, he write, the point is that even if he uses the words Yerusha somewhere in that document, but at some point he says the language of matana, so then the of kayamin, and what he says is, has to be followed. Okay, v'amar reishalakish, and now if you turn the page, the Lama Bum Beis, Rish Lakish says, La Olam lo kana ad sheyomar ploni uploni yirshu sada plonis uploni shenesatin lahem bimatana v'yirshu. So, so Rish Lakish says not so fast. He says as follows. Look at Rashi. Um, and, and basically what Rashi is going to point out is that, that Rish Lakish isn't totally, you know, isn't attacking our Mishnah per se, but another point. Rashi says like this. Lo amas nisim palik. He's not arguing on the Mishnah. There in the Gemara there's a In a way to again in one of the implications of the Mishnah, because Ravin came and he said, if you said Yarash Ploni Sada Ploni Sada Ploni if you say this person should get a Yerusha and that person a Matana, Amar Kana Yerusha. So if Yochanan said in that case you get it even if. Even that which the language of Yerusha is used, you can, uh, the person would, um, the person, the, the, the child will get as a, as a matana ahead of time. Uh, since I use the language of matana for even one of them, then everyone gets, it, everyone gets it now, right? The whole point is that as long as it's a matana, as long as it's a gift before he dies, so then there's nothing to worry about. 
But, um, and, th- and therefore, what, what Rav Yochanan says is as long as the language of Matana is used once somewhere in that, in that star, so then everyone's is a, is a Matana. Fine. No, Rishlakish says no. If there's a language of Yerusha there, then it doesn't work. He says, what do you mean? The fact that the language of Matana was used by one person doesn't mean the implication was Matana by everybody. He specifically said Matana that the Sony in Yerusha that one. It's implication meaning that he was being specific. So Rishlakish, there's no reason to, uh, to, uh, to assume that. And whichever ones who said Matana get it, and if it says Yerusha, then it goes by the Halacha. Um, Ashi Yomer, etc., uh, right, it says, um, right, you have to make sure you use the, the language of Matana in everybody. So, fine, that's, that's a machlokish of Yochan and Lakish. And again, in this case, we pass like, like Rish Lakish, as the language of Matana has to be used everywhere. Otherwise, anytime you use the language of Yerusha, it's going to uh, end up, being used, end up uh, reverting back to the halachas of Yerusha in that scenario. Fine, that's, that's, case, number, uh, that's case number two. Um, okay, ve'idach, and one more example, what's one more case, would be passing like Rish Lakish and not like Rabbi Yochanan, the following, this not, the following Mishnah. The Mishnah says, HaKosif So a person writes that all of his uh, property will go to his son after, sorry, um, a person writes uh, all of his nechasim to his son. Okay, he gives it to him now. This is during his lifetime, Right? So he writes, right, gives all of his nechasim to his son. And what happens? Um, um, right? But he says it's only going to be, it, 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 it's only going to apply after he passes away. So he says, after I die, all of my nechasim go to my son. Okay. Um, right? so, this, so in the meantime, the father can't go ahead and... Um, sell them right? again. So he has a, a, a whatever real estate, and he goes ahead and he says, "This this house is going to belong to my son when I die." So before he dies, can he go ahead and sell that house to somebody else? Right. So what the halach is that he's not allowed to do that. Um, why? Because it's already given to the ben. Right. But at the same time, if the father says to the son, "I'm going to give you all this property. It's going to belong to you after I die." Well, it doesn't belong to his Ben yet, so the Ben can't sell it either, because again, it's not his yet until the father dies. Um, so the question is going to become, what happens if he did do so? And we're going to get to that actually next time, because we're about out of time. So we'll, get, we'll, we'll finish this case then, and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up from there.